0: Interesting Life Podcast. I am your host, Caroline Nadine Helsing. So a few of you know me most recently as an author. I had written the book Unapologetic Tales of the Original Party Crasher to honor the memory of my beautiful mother who passed away in 2019. But I've also been an actress, a model, a magician's assistant, a photographer, (laughs) and even the founder of a successful pet products company. I mean, it's crazy all the twists and turns my life has had, but I've always been so grateful for each and every one of those experiences. Um, I've always said the journey in life, it's rarely a straight line, and it usually unveils itself in twists and turns. Um, That certainly has been my life. But I've learned that the trick to a great life, an interesting life, is learning from all of it. It's learning from not only the blessings, but from the struggles, the adversity, the roadblocks, to build the life that you have today, to to build the life that you desire. And uh, honestly, who wants a straight line anyway, right? Who wants a life that's a straight line? That's boring, I don't know. Twists and turns, that makes life interesting. And. Everyone's got a story. So my goal with this podcast is to have revealing, entertaining conversations with people from all walks of life as we discuss how they got to where they are today. And hopefully from these conversations, we can all take something away from from them and, and learn something. Um, but also another reason why I want to start this podcast is to honor the memory of my dear sweet loving father who recently passed away last month and you know i honored my mother with a book and i want to honor my father in this way i want to honor both of my parents because they each have had an interesting life in their own rights um and you know we like i said we all have a story to tell so I thank you for going on this journey with me and we're going to figure it out as we go. (laughs) And with that, I want to get right into it and introduce you to my first guest, Maria Quiban. So Maria Quiban is not only a dear friend of mine from Hawaii. I think I met her when I was 16 or something. We used to model together back in the day in Hawaii. Uh, but today, You can see Maria every day giving Los Angeles its daily weather forecast on Good Day LA Fox 11 Morning News from 7 a.m. until 10 a.m. and then again on their nude broadcast. So I am super excited to be talking to her today, but I'll I'll give you a little bit of a backstory uh, on Maria. So before joining Fox 11 News team in May of 2000, Maria spent two years as the weather anchor for the daily five six nine and 11 p.m. newscasts for Orange County News Channel that's a lot five six nine and eleven wow <laughs> um, and honestly I didn't know what that's fantastic I mean I guess we did a little swap when I was living in LA she was living in Orange County um, but I, uh, I now she's living in, in uh, LA and I'm, I'm in Orange County <laughs> so uh, but anyway before that she was the uh, Evening meteorologist for NBC Hawaii News 8 in Honolulu, Hawaii. Shout out to Hawaii. Um, and then uh, Maria immigrated to Hawaii when she was 10 years old. She was born in the Philippines. And while in Honolulu, she studied journalism at the University of Hawaii at Manoa, which where I also went to college. So shout out to UH. <laughs> and then in 2005 she earned her meteorology degree from the mississippi state university and then unfortunately in 2015 in december after an 18 month long battle maria's husband sean passed away from glioblastoma which is a rare brain cancer and since then she's been raising their young son gus and is now an advocate for a glioblastoma and brain cancer awareness In June 2020, Maria published her book, You Can't Do It Alone A Widow's Journey Through Loss, Grief, and Life After. And she brings her unique life experience and passion to help all uh, through meaningful and memorable stories, which they indeed were. And I remember when I was reading this book, uh, I called her up and told her that I had a few ugly cries. I mean, she just is a wonderful storyteller, and in addition to that, I've always thought she was the most um, sweetest, beautiful woman person, inside and out. Just, just a wonderful soul, and I'm so, so excited to have her as my first guest. So, everyone, please welcome Maria Quiban. Hi, Maria. Hi, Caroline. <laughs> and. We, after some technical difficulties, we've switched platforms, (laughs) but um, like I said before, I'm so glad to be doing this with a friend because uh, I think you're a little bit more understanding, hopefully.
1: (laughs) I apologize. (laughs) Listen, I'm so excited to be your first guest on the inaugural show, inaugural episode. I'm so honored that you said Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um i'm i'm honored thank you
0: oh well and like i said before you look the same you look beautiful and and i i think it is the the hawaiian visits that you make every year so <laughs> uh, mahalo, mahalo. so i kind of want to i know i uh you know i mentioned what you you're doing today and the fact that you wrote the most amazing book and i i, I did remember mentioning to you that when i read it it was um it was so well written and so touching that I I completely broke down into tears, probably within the first chapter or two. <laughs> oh. And I remember reaching out that, you know, when I was in the beginning of my uh, writing journey, and you were so kind to share with me your experiences. So thank you for that. Just mm-hmm. helped me to, to get a, a, a good layout of the land and, and make, some decisions as to which way I was going to go. So. Oh,
1: well, well, thank you for, for, for trusting me and, and uh, contacting me, you know, like, like the title of my book, Caroline, is you can't do it alone. And in this life, whatever it is, we're all going through good, bad um, researching to, to, to experiencing life just in general, we really are not meant to do it alone. You, you, you just can't. So I'm glad you reached out. That's what we're here for, for each other.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I I completely agree with that sentiment. And um, I once again, reaching out again for this. So (laughs) I can't do it alone. So I I definitely want to talk about your the impetus for you writing your book and your journey since writing it. But before that, I want to start from the beginning. I want to start from little Maria. (laughs) So tell me about your time growing up in Hawaii. And you you had just immigrated to Hawaii
1: at 10 years old. What was that like? Yes. Uh, well, it kind of a, a precursor or a preview to the book that I wrote. It's so strange, sort of the parallels in my life when I was a child to the life I have now and my young son, Gus's life. So when I was uh, seven years old, my birth father, Uh, died suddenly in an accident. It was actually him and his brother, and there were four brothers at that time. They were in business together, and they were in a boat, uh, and there was a boating accident, and two of them uh, died tragically in that accident. Two, Two of them survived, but one of the two that passed away was my birth father, my dad, and so my mother was naturally just devastated and She wanted to start a new life for myself, for her and for my younger brother. And so she scooped the two of us up and she thankfully had a big family and she had sisters all over the world and she decided to go to Hawaii. And that seemed the least, I guess, uh, most traumatic for us, especially weather-wise coming from the Philippines. And so we uh, immigrated to Oahu. And that is where I grew up and spent the rest of my growing up years. And so I have such special, special memories yeah. of growing up in Hawaii and meeting my friends. And that's where my heart is called mm-hmm. to all yeah. the time. Because it my home still? Yeah. 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 When, whenever yeah. people say where's home, you know, I, yeah. it's I, I get conflicts because yeah. <laughs> I, I love living here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I really, really do now. This is my home for sure. But Hawaii will always be home home. Yeah, you, know, you know. I know what you mean. I know, and I love, I actually completely agree. When I actually
0: moved down here where I am at, it felt right. I, I love living here. Um, but there's something about Hawaii, you know, if you if it calls this, it. it really does. And yeah. I always say, when I step off the plane, I'm like, you know, the air really does smell like plumerias, it's so true. It <laughs> very very grateful to to be from there. We used to have family vacations on the outer islands and
1: go to Maui every every year. Did you the same? Did you We went I went to Maui a few times growing up. Um I think we preferred uh going to Kauai like to just like okay. really escape Oahu, so we would yeah. go to Kauai or to the other neighbor islands. Yeah. Um, so I spent time on Maui definitely and recent news of course to talk about, yeah. it's just heartbreaking i know and and definitely it's I actually still i'm mm-hmm. in shock about it and it I, is- I i just have no words mm-hmm. um other than i continue to pray for for the people of hawaii and maui and uh, the the immense loss and the grief um through what happened is just unimaginable and it's just through prayer and continued ohana spirit you know, hopefully, yeah, keep going. I, I
0: feel open. like that's one thing that you know, one of the many things that Hawaii has. I feel like everybody just came together, and there were so many, um, you know, expressions of that on Oahu as well as the, as the other islands. So it was, it's just, it's you know, it's it's I. They're not alone, and and even people on the mainland, you know, everyone oh, has all over the world, yeah, yeah, memory, yeah, all over the world, yeah, everyone's either been touched somehow, whether it's a vacation or, you know, whether us, you know, we, we know people, I mean, I, I'm sure you have friends. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know anyone that was
1: directly affected? I, I directly had no, also. directly no. but like I tell people here on the mainland, you know, Hawaii is so small. So yeah. inevitably it's someone's cousin's cousin and friend sure yeah. is affected. So, so yeah, we just continue to do our part and it's, you know, through talking about it and awareness right. and keeping now the message is changing and the message is, you know, Hawaii is open. Are you aware of any organizations that uh, you'd recommend for helping those in need and on on Maui right now? Yeah, you, uh, you know the safest right now, I think, is to contribute through the Hawaii Community Foundation. I have it on my social, so if you okay. go to Maria's Earth, um, I do have some of that listed. Um, you know, for for what it is, but the um, Hawaii Red Cross. Does they do do a good job of distributing those funds that they need? Um, I think money is, I think now the most important thing. And so, if you can yeah. donate yeah. to a vetted site, right? Um, yeah, I, and, I and you don't really don't
0: don't send any you know items of clothing or whatnot. It's
1: just too much for them to deal Take, with now. Yeah, yeah right now, now at this stage. Yeah. So I think I think money and and funds is really going to go a long way.
0: Um, I know I have a, a friend actually who started an organization called to Maui with love. And, um, he, 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 created it where you can, uh, create these postcards, uh, to, and, and send them to those who are affected. And then every card shared, there's a donation that goes directly to the world central kitchen to provide healthy oh. meals.
1: So okay. it's just nice that people are thinking of unique ways as well. The weather situation that happened during that time, it was just, it was unbelievable. Uh, The amount of media, first of all, that talked about the hurricane as being the cause. Yeah. That, I mean, the hurricane doesn't cause fires and it didn't cause that devastating wildfire to occur, but it was definitely part of the components that were working in the atmosphere at the time. And so, you know, we can have a longer discussion about climate change and how, you know, storms are different today, but it was really just a combination of all of that along with emergency management and things that were put in place or maybe not put in place in time. So hopefully this can be a learning um, opportunity and hopefully things and changes will be implemented so that, of course, this kind of devastation can never happen again, again, Anywhere, anywhere in the world. Back to your journey. To California and you becoming yeah. a, a weather anchor and then you by the, by the way, I'm glad you're switching it now because the more I talk about Hawaii, I don't know about you, but my my intonation goes up and my pigeon English starts <laughs> to come in.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's funny. Are you do you
0: try and and put yeah. that down? Yeah. <laughs> so now I have to now I have to reel it back and dial it back. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, like I You know, to... that's funny. I probably do that too. I think that happens to me when I talk to people that you know, yeah, from, Hawaii, yeah, I'm from
1: Hawaii. So <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, it's fine. <fun. laughs> but but so now I'll get back to my, okay. my <laughs> LA voice. <boys. laughs> okay. okay.
0: So tell me about Sean.
1: Yeah. You know, Sean okay. was um, my happily ever after. He was someone that I met that I think at a time in my life, I felt so confident and so secure. And I was at a point mentally and emotionally where I didn't need anyone, but it was just a place where I felt, you know, how they say, when you don't plan and when you don't look is when you get it. Right. Right. That's so true. I was at a point, I was divorced. I was a single mom. My, My older son, Desmond was already almost done with high school and so I was really just just happy and and yeah. to be just living life and and boom, I, I meet Sean. I think I was 36 at the time. Anyway, I was you know, a little older, more mature. I was in my career and I was just really excited about the future. And so I meet Sean and realize there is someone that ticks off all of the boxes, you know. And uh you know, not 100% because no one is perfect, but he was perfect for me. Right. And so we were planning this. We were just living our lives. We were planning the future, but we were living in the moment. And we got married. We had a baby. And yeah. uh having Gus was, was kind of difficult in my older age at that time. I was 42 when I had him. And so getting him was a little bit of a challenge and he was a surprise. He was a surprise baby. And so we were just so happy and excited about the the future. And Sean had never been married before. He did not have children. And so Gus was our world at that time mm-hmm. with my older son pretty much grown up and he had gotten married himself. And so so we were living this amazing life. And when Gus was three years old, right. was really the first time that Sean and I, uh, planned a getaway, just the two of us, you know, because we had been, it was all about Gus and living Mm -hmm. uh, together with him. And so we wanted to have this big vacation and we planned this amazing trip to Paris, just he Mm -hmm. and I, we'd both Mm -hmm. never been to Paris. And so at that time we thought Gus was old enough to stay home with my parents and we we could have this romantic vacation. Um, It was right after Sean's 50th birthday. In fact, his brothers gifted us, (laughs) I say as gifted him that, that trip to Paris. And so it was while we were in Paris that I noticed these really bizarre uh, uh, things that Sean was doing and not doing these symptoms of forgetfulness that were not normal. Mm -hmm. He just, he was a person that lived in New York city for years and he when he and I traveled to New York, he could get a cab like this. He just instantly knew what to do. But when we were in Paris, he didn't, it was as if he had forgotten how to hail a cab. He didn't know how to do that. Wow. And he usually woke up before I did and worked out. He was a healthy person. He did, he ate well, he exercised. There was nothing physically that would have said to me that there was something wrong. And so, it was a troubling trip in the sense that it seemed to get worse each day wow. we were there. Hmm. And so by the end of the trip, I think I was in tears Um, that we were there for, I think, seven or eight days. And I said, you know, you must promise me to, that you're going to see a doctor because something's going on. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. And I hope that it's just something minor. Like he was on thyroid medication. He'd been on thyroid medication his whole life. So I thought, Oh, maybe it's that, Mm -hmm. or at worst, maybe it was early onset Alzheimer's or something, which I know that Alzheimer's is a devastating diagnosis, but I know that there's also uh, things you can do for that. And, and, and I never would have dreamt in my wildest dreams, ideas, That it could be brain cancer or GBM, glioblastoma, which I had never truly understood until the diagnosis. On my periphery, I'd heard about brain cancer, on my periphery, glioblastoma, but never uh, would have thought that would be happening to us. So when we got home from this trip, it took two weeks to get the appointments from you know, because you have to go through, you have to call your regular doctor and then they refer you to so-and-so and so-and-so. So it was exactly two weeks from the day we landed, he was able to see a neurologist. That's who we were referred to after a week and a half of appointments. And it was the neurologist who thought, maybe you are suffering from depression. You know, mm-hmm. we let's get a brain scan and let's take a look at what's going on in there. And so there was a brain scan and, um, Right away, he got the brain scan in the morning. And I think he got a call at t- noon, 1230. And they said, you must go to the emergency room right now. Mm. Um, or the emergency, uh, uh, what do you call it? the brain cancer, the brain surgery center and get an emergency appointment. And uh, we were confused. And even then he didn't call me. Even then he didn't have the wherewithal um mm to call me i had to call him and i was searching for him that day cuz i said how did the brain scan go what's what's happening he and there was no word from him until i called and he was in a car driving to the saint johns brain surgery center for an appointment uh-huh. i said what uh-huh. and and so we, i went <clears throat> and that was when uh, they showed us the brain scans right away and uh-huh. saw the lesions and the tumors in his brain oh my goodness it just like took chain things changed overnight at that moment, things were never the same. Not yeah. there was not a day that went by since that day that I didn't have that feeling of of fright and that just unease and 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 I, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It was never I the can, same after that.
0: I can see it's affecting you even now after all these years. You know, it's, I mean, it doesn't, grief doesn't go away. It, it, it evolves and it changes a little, but, um, there's acceptance, there's understanding, but it, it, it will hit you at the most inopportune times and yeah. strangest times. And I sometimes, um, find myself when I'm talking, you know, like even with me, with, with my mother. And, um, I don't know if you know, but most recently my, my father passed away. Um, so oh, just yeah yeah and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to I you know I'd been toying around with the idea of um starting a podcast and um something just you know I think what pushed me over to finally just do this is um I wanted a way you know I'd honored my mother with the book but I wanted a way to honor my father so um this is the way I'm I'm doing it um but yeah I think you have to find ways to kind of make sense or to. I think with you with writing the book um about your experiences your journey with Sean and, and everything that's probably helped you in a way I know it helped me kind of work through yeah. things regarding oh, my problem.
1: gosh I'm yeah. so sorry about the oh, I did not know yeah. that your father had passed just yeah season. yeah um, it was a I'm long sorry.
0: time thank you thank you it was it was a bit of a long time in the um uh we were ex- expecting it. Um, but it still doesn't make it easier. So yeah.
1: (laughs) Never is easier. It never, yeah, it never goes away. It it doesn't. Well, well, much like you, I think one of the ways that we can continue to live and and move forward is finding our purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think we can have multiple purposes yeah multiple reasons for um for understanding why things happen and what we must do to keep going for us when we got that diagnosis and i say we because it really affected our entire family um we had to stop and think about the whys and especially in our case and that sean was so young Hmm. you know a loss is a loss whether your parents or someone that you know was 95 or 80 or you know they were older but when they're younger and the younger they are it seems like those questions of why yeah just get more and more difficult to answer yeah um i know for us sean was 52 and uh we had just had a beautiful wedding and, and this mm-hmm. young man, this three-year-old. And so the question of why came up. And of course the anger came after, and it was like, why God, why would you do this to us? But, you know, those are probably answers we will get when we get to the sure. pearly gates, yeah. you know, <laughs> when we get there at some point, but part of the answers we couldn't help, but think about me wearing a microphone every day we couldn't help but think that sean was a writer by profession and that maybe part of our purpose was to bring more awareness to glioblastoma bring more awareness about the need for a cure for this disease which can affect anyone by the way right. children adults um, white brown black anyone there is no rhyme or reason as to why at this point, this disease can affect someone. Mm-hmm. And so there needs to be more funding for research. And it is the least, if not one of the three least funded diseases out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a disease that there is no cure for. It's it's immediately terminal if you have um this glioblastoma. It's very difficult to do research on a brain. The brain mm-hmm. is poor. Um mm-hmm of your body. And so, uh, the, the average lifespan is three months Mm -hmm. to, if you have no, um, treatments, standard of care, you can get 12 to 15 months. And Mm -hmm. so with Sean, we got 18 months with him. And so, yeah, we actually got a gift of more than the, the average. And so, you know, part of the reason why I wrote this book was to honor the promise that we made to each other, which was maybe we can answer part of the why and, and, and to talk about it. And so I thank you for this platform to be able to talk about glioblastoma and brain cancer and the need to find a cure. So I encourage people to donate if they can to research for brain cancer.
0: Yeah, well, I think you're doing um, a wonderful job just bringing awareness to it. And in such a raw honest way. So thank you for for doing that. and how have you evolved into the Maria today? I know it's been some time um I, I know every day gets better, but
1: you know it's every day is it's just we tried in the beginning yes it was let's get through the hour, Maria. Mm-hmm. let's get through the next eight hours when I went back to work. Let's do that. Let's get through the day. Yeah. After year one, that was, was so, so difficult. Year two was <laughs> even more difficult. It, yeah, they know. say sometimes it's harder, sometimes later, because I, there's more things that have passed. There's more things that they're missing. It's, it's pretty weird. much when everyone's lives also move on. Yeah. And, and uh, you're sort of left on your own to a degree. Right. And so it's even harder because you have these expectations of, okay, it's supposed to be easier now. Why does it still have uh, this painful um, stab to my heart? Um, Yeah. It truly is. I don't think that ever goes away. What happens is that wound is just there. And you get sort of used to it mm-hmm. being there. Does that make sense? Yes, it really does. It's yeah. still such a painful mm-hmm. um, loss. And I'm. there's not a day that goes by that right. I don't think about Sean and and that I don't grieve and cry yeah. for my son that he's not here to, to play basketball with him, to um, go to back to school night with me, um, next week to not see him graduate from middle school. You know, there's just not a day that goes by that. I don't think about him. It just now is a familiar feeling. Yeah. Now I just go, Oh yeah, there's that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but the difference now I think is that it's familiar. Yes. But I also am now Stronger in the sense that my purpose is partly to help raise this kid that we made together. Yeah, And I just remember how Sean wanted us to live our lives. I guess the gift in the diagnosis that we had was that we had 18 months to talk. We had 18 months to share our dreams and our goals and our hopes for each other moving forward. And so- We had numerous talks about how he envisioned our lives without him. And he made me promise that we were going to be happy, that we were going to live our best lives Mm -hmm. and honor him in that way. And so there are many days where I get up and I don't want to get out of bed. There are many days where I feel sad and missing him so greatly and angry at God and at the world. But then I remember that I promised him that I would live our best life and that we were going to choose joy. And so I pick myself up and I say, I'm going to choose joy today and I'm going to honor Sean and not let him down. Well, I I think that's a,
0: a beautiful way to transition. I think you've definitely done a wonderful job with that to honor him in that way and and yeah. Um... Yeah, you're just you're
1: a very talented writer, and um... <laughs> that, was, that was hard for me. I'm not, um, I'm not a writer. I talk for a living, you know. Uh, I know well, you, I you know, you're, you're
0: talking in the written word.
1: <laughs> but I'd like to say that he he helped me um, write this. Sean passed away in in 2015, so it'll be eight years this mm. December. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like eight months. It does. And sometimes it feels like eight years. Uh, I get asked this question a lot. Have you started dating Maria? Will you ever?
0: <laughs> well, as a friend, I was thinking this, I didn't know
1: if I should ask you,
0: but yeah. no,
1: you can ask me anything. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it took me about five years to yeah. open myself up again yeah. to the idea. And so about two years ago, I did meet someone through a friend and, uh, you know, I had gone on dates and I just wasn't ready at the time, you know, like year three, year four friends had sent me. I I just, I was not ready and it wasn't the right person. Right. 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 I talked to Sean every day still. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when I met, um, my, my, my person now, my boyfriend, Mm-hmm. Like my <laughs> wow! Um, so it's been a couple of years and you know he truly is someone who cares about my heart and yeah. he we were friends first he we talk about Sean with yeah. Gus and he is so understanding and open and loving and kind and generous and that is exactly what I wanted to have in my life because that's what I lost right and so to have love and kindness and generosity and faithfulness and funny and um you know a great father himself that's that's what more can i ask for and so for now i live day by day and i choose the joy and i talk to sean and i say please help out help a girl out and (laughs) let me know if i'm going down the wrong road or not and then you know, as I write in my book, if you talk to them and listen carefully, they yeah. will, they, they will, they it. will talk to you. Yeah. yeah. They will let you know, you'll see signs. Yeah. yeah. They'll let you know. And so, you know, I get those signs and and I get the messages. So, oh, Marie, you. I'm so happy for you. So
0: I'm happy to hear this. I am. I am. And it, I, I'm sure Gus is also happy to have someone that is caring toward him and, um, you know, like you said, a good father
1: in his own right. And yeah, no, Gus is, Gus is a great kid and he just yeah. likes to play and have a good time. And he's got a ton of uncles, you know, Sean has yeah. some brothers. And so, uh, he, he's not lacking for male uh, yeah. influence, definitely, yeah. but to have a friend in, in my, you know, in my partner and, and, and my person, Gus has someone that, um, is, is a good male figure around mommy. And, right. and so, so it's it's good, good, good. good. Daisy approves. <laughs> <So, laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: I was waiting for the either the photo bomb or the video bomb or the audio bomb of my dog Daisy. She always does this every single. That's time. <laughs> best
1: part of doing the zooms from home are the uh, surprises. <laughs> my child. But <laughs> right, but um, I, tell everyone where they can find you and where they can buy your book and then i'll sell. please get a copy of of my book you can't do it alone you can see the the title behind me if you are seeing a zoom uh, visually uh, but it's uh you can't do it alone it's available on my website mariaquoban.com or your favorite bookseller it's definitely on amazon and uh, barnes and noble you can go to Uh, the Barnes and Noble in Hawaii, in Honolulu, and get a copy. I believe they still have a couple left. I signed them. There's also um, a bookstore here in Santa Monica called Zibby's, Z-I-B-B-Y-S, Zibby's, and uh, they have it at the bookstore, and they curate uh, very specific books, and I'm so honored to be one of the books there in the bookstore. So go and get your copy, please. Gift it to someone. I I really hope that our story can help you, your family, not just anyone who's grieving from brain cancer or cancer, but just loss in general. And uh, there's some little n- good nuggets in there that hopefully you can take home and, and you know, put to use. Yes. Well, thank you for
0: that, Maria. And again, thank you so much for being my first guest. Yay. <laughs> and, uh, Number one. So oh, yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: It was so wonderful seeing your beautiful face. It was great and, to see you. And, and having a chat with you. I want to see you in real life. So let's I know. Dance. I want to see you in real life too. Okay. We have to make that happen. Maybe through Erica. Or... Erica. I saw yeah. her recently just okay. randomly at a basketball game. Our sons both oh. play basketball. So it was such a great surprise. Yeah.
0: Oh my so goodness. Great. Or
1: maybe at one of my
0: my uh swaps or something. I don't know. Sure. I know yeah yeah but let's yes. do it okay well cool. let's find a time to get together and i can see you and give you a hug and okay
1: he's in person so all right i love okay. you i'll let you go and um, big hugs and squeeze hugs. And, yes. and i i see your mommy and your daddy near yeah. do. they're so proud of you i know it i can yeah. see so okay. okay all right okay. much love and aloha okay Bye-bye. bye bye